This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey. Uh, I got some real, real pressing information, conversation, a topic at hand I want to talk to you about. Bring it on. Okay. Have you seen the new Magic Mike movie? I have not seen the new Magic Mike movie yet. And here's why. Nothing will top my experience of seeing Magic Mike 2 in the theaters. Okay. I completely agree. (laughs) Yeah. I've discussed this on the pod, right? Like, I've discussed this on the pod. Tell them, though, in case you don't know about this story, because I literally told it the other night. Just just as a refresher, I was living in New York City when Magic Mike 2 came out. I went with my friend Maggie. What's up, Maggie? Um, And we went to see it at a movie theater in Union Square. And it was... My first, I hadn't seen the first Magic Mike. So this was my, my, the second Magic Mike was my first experience with Magic Mike. Ooh, I wish. And it was the wildest crowd I have ever been in for any movie. And a woman got so excited, she threw a kitchen sponge at the screen. Like, New York is on another level anyway, but that just (laughs) took me out forever. It took me out. It was a fucking party in that movie theater. Oh my god! I so I told that story because it's it's literally one of my favorite. Like somebody went to a screening and something happened. Stories, um, and I was telling that story to somebody because the conversation was about movies where people feel the need to get like dressed up and like take a limousine to oh, the Lord. the opening night. Like, have you ever mm. done that? It, okay, and no. and you're not in Hollywood. You're not at the premiere. I'm talking about. Some movie comes out that you really like and you just felt the need to kind of like wear your nice outfit and heels and take a limo. Never. Even when I have gone to movie premieres, I'm I'm still dirtbagging it. I'm like jeans and a nice going out top. Like I'm never taking a fucking limo. <laughs> yes. So the so we were ta- I was talking with so- some folks and we were saying that how there were two times in the history of of movie going from our perspective where we saw that happen and one was the first sex in the city movie oh my god oh and, people made like a night of it gotcha yeah yeah and i'm mm-hmm. like okay yeah i get it so everybody wants to dress up like the four gals and like, i don't know right. if they were having cosmos beforehand or whatever it's like but it was like that was that was truly like you know a comic con level type of event completely even though it has nothing to do with comic books. It was like a sexy comic con. It was Even, like cosplaying with like cosmopolitans and breakdowns. Yeah, it was Cosmo Con <laughs> play. 
cosplay. <laughs> CosmoCon cosplay. And then the other one somebody said is that they saw people dress up for the second Magic Mike movie. And then I was oh, like, damn. I told them your story. And everybody screamed because I didn't clarify that it was a kitchen sponge <laughs> when I told it. <laughs> oh, like somebody thought somebody ripped a, a vaginal sponge out of their body. Uh-huh. Like, exactly. And it was gotcha. a man. So I don't know. Maybe it was, they just didn't know. But basically, I mean, look, high five for him knowing what a fucking sponge is. Most men don't even know. They're like, is that a tampon? What is that? <laughs> I was like, good for you, dude. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but, I, but it was that, that moment where they were like screaming because they thought that somebody had ripped a sponge out of their, you know, vagina and threw it at a, at a screen. And I was like, yeah, but also like a regular kitchen sponge is also filthy. Exactly. That's the thing. If it was a vaginal sponge, it kind of would have made more spent more sense in a weird way. Yes. Like impregnate like, me, men. Yeah. Like, like I don't I'm know. Ready. I'm ready. Take out this Dutch cap. Let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call, I it, a Dutch to call cap. it a Dutch cap. <laughs> like every movie in the 70s are like, get my Dutch cap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Is that like a jaunty hat? No, it's a fucking Dutch pregnancy cap. preventer. Get my Dutch cap. But yeah, like the kitchen sponge was weirder for so many reasons. Where did it come from? Does she have a bag of groceries with her? Like what the, does she just carry a sponge around? Like what the fuck is happening there? See, I, I saw it as as clean up on aisle K. Right. You know right. what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Flash flooding in the greater Los Angeles area. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, that's gross. Why would anybody do a kitchen sponge? But anyway, so either sponge, either sponge is hilarious. But so you haven't seen the new Magic Mike. I have not seen the third one yet because nothing can top it. Nothing can top it. And I've heard things in passing about the third one that make me reluctant to see it. But I'll get, I'll save that. But you have seen it. And our producer, Casey, has seen it. Not only has Casey seen it, Casey liked it. Well, we got to get him on. Can you hear us, Casey? Where are you? Yes, hello. What an honor it is to be (laughs) on the show to discuss one of the greatest film franchises uh, of all time. Thank you for having me, you guys. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's taken this long for you to even pop in. We're thrilled. We are thrilled. Oh, my Um, gosh. I totally agree with you that it's one of the greatest film franchises of all time, which that's why I had to see the third one. Right. Because I was like, I'm a completist. And and I gotta know where this is going. Um, and your your boy Channing Tatum's in it. Oh my god! You're gosh. never gonna pass up an opportunity to see Channing Tatum doing the fucking Buster the the Bugs Bunny on screen. <laughs> yeah, I realized something because I saw I saw Magic Mike the oh, sorry Magic Mike's Last Dance. That's the third right. one. I saw it twice. Um, I saw I saw it in London. Because, not because I was there for the premiere or anything, but I was just, I just happened to be there. <laughs> you took so a I limo. Saw, <laughs> I saw it there. Um, but then I then I came back to America and saw it again. Oh my goodness. And because I had to confirm a few things, which is that I didn't enjoy it at all, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, or... Uh, Casey I is stunned. Casey can't even speak. I, I know. And like that, I was just is... going to say, I do think it's the worst Magic Mike. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's the worst one. And yeah. that's so interesting that you saw it in London because it takes place in London. It yeah. did not need to take place in London. Did you think like... <laughs> oh, 
Oh, no, certainly not. No. So he's not like climbing up Big Ben and like humping it? That did not I feel happen. like there's like three locations in the entire movie. Yes. I feel like it's like the theater and an apartment and and a, and a double decker bus. I guess the, and that's a double about decker as bus. London yeah. as you get. But I understand too, though, despite the fact that I feel like why London, that every like every great shitty TV show has like an international episode. Yes, yeah. Like everybody's got to have an international trip. I get it, but I I will say this. I realized coming out of it, despite the fact that I didn't like it, that I would pretty much watch Channing Tatum in any movie. Like, I will follow <laughs> yes. him into the fire. Magic Mike on the moon. You're there. Yes. Which is what makes this painful for me, to mm. not like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they. it was actually interesting. I saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and they had kind of a edit of all of his dance scenes, like, edited all together before the showing of... <gasps> the movie and I it did make me just like appreciate all that is Channing Tatum and just like yes how there's not really another actor out there like him agree at all yeah he for me feels very Patrick Swayze but funny yeah yes you know very funny yeah he's a funny he's a he's a bro Swayze yeah I fucking love Channing Tatum and then so here so I will say this I also read the Vanity Fair article he was on the cover of vanity fair and i i like bought it in london and read it on the plane uh and there was a lot of info in that that i think explains a little about the this third installment mm-hmm. okay i'm already out if i need an accompanying article like a like a crib notes to get through a movie i ain't doing it well okay casey yes okay since daniel hasn't seen it Daniel, would you mind if Casey gave like a a tiny synopsis of what oh, happened? Of course not. Okay. I'm dying to know what happened from your guys' perspective, like what went down. Okay. Well, it's basically like Magic Mike has fallen on hard times and he is now Again? bartending at parties. <laughs> and he is bartending at a rich person's party, and that rich person is Selma Hayek, and she essentially uh, is so seduced by him after one evening that she <laughs> hires him to put on a dance review slash uh, old theatrical production. I can't even remember the name of that. It's uh, the play that they're putting on, but it's like a dance take on like kind of an old English theater play. And that that's it. Like and ben. also they're, they're, they're in love or they, they have a romance. Of course they do. Listen, how hard of times are you falling on when you're bartending in London and your jank ass used no, to be see, a he's, fucking... he's bartending in Miami, but he gets oh. kind of kidnapped by Selma Hayek. He's human trafficked. To yeah. gotcha. Like by Selma Hayek, essentially. <laughs> but it's um but then but then the the craziest part is that they don't even like it could have been a great moment for there to be this like my fair lady type of thing mm-hmm. where they were like let's uh spit polish him and make him you know like take off his florida clothes they actually there is a sequence where they take off his florida clothes and they and they dress him in black hoodies mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. like, different hoodies yeah they take in the savile row like let's get you a, a bespoke hoodie <laughs> they, That's literally what happened. They, they take off the alternative apparel hoodie and put on some fucking seven hundred dollar hoodie, and he doesn't look any different, by the way, at all. Like oh, he God. just doesn't at all look different. Um, 
Millie, I think something that I thought was interesting, the the thing I thought that was sort of interesting about this movie is that uh, maybe you were going to say the same thing, Millie, but that it's kind of like after the live show, the Magic Mike live show, they kind of were, this is sort of like the movie version of the Magic Mike live show. So in that way, it's sort of interesting, but it is also a little soulless because it is just sort of, to have these sort of huge, like big dance productions. Exactly. Um, it's, it's so. yeah, there's no narrative pushing the dance. It's just like, yeah. we're going to dance now. Yeah. And then everybody dance now comes on and they're like, basically, yes. Well, and it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> there's, I'm sorry, there's just not enough ass in it. Like, there's just not enough. That is the number one complaint I have heard so far from three different people where they're like, I sat there for 40 minutes and didn't see a single ass. They, they, okay, I think we all understand why the second film, Magic Mike Double XL, is a masterpiece. I'm calling it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Okay. <laughs> it's my wife's favorite film. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're sitting around the fire at Christmas and you're like, let's put on It's a Wonderful Life. And she's like, or Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> well, and this is, gr- this is great that we have you on, Casey, because you can give us like the straight male perspective on this because it's like, sure. er- like I, I feel like it's a masterpiece because it absolutely understood the mission. Like it was like, mm-hmm. oh, the yes. first one was kind of this, like, dark character study of this, you know, guy that's kind of, like, you know, new to the profession and he gets taken under Magic Mike's wing and then he kind of, you know, gets caught up in the lifestyle and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then the second one, they were like, well, it seems like everybody just really liked the corny guys dancing. So why don't we just do that the entire time? (laughs) And then let's throw in Jada Pinkett Smith. To make it even like take it to another level. Yes, yes. Uh, I have uh, I have something to say about that in reference to the third movie, but we'll get to that later. But I'm just saying that like so that's why the third one felt bad in a way because I was just yeah. like, well then you well here's the thing he ostensibly like hires twenty dudes in London to put on the show, and they barely have their shirts off. Like, there's one dance sequence where they're wearing full suits. And I'm like... There's no stripping, really, in this movie. Also, I don't think any of those other men have, like, a single line of dialogue. Yes! What? Because it's, you know, the the second one is so great because it is about the camaraderie of the the strippers, you know, as they yes. make their way up the the coast yes. to the <laughs> stripping competition. Uh, and it's almost, the second one, I had a hard time when I first saw it because it's almost like an art film in that there there is literally no conflict or right. um, stakes whatsoever. So there has to be... There's something else more magical propelling the the film forward, which is like, you know, thrusting and stripping. And so a lot of none of that camaraderie is in the third one. And it really does. I don't know. That That changes it. That changes it totally. I I 100 percent agree with that. And here's what I will say, because obviously what I think happened is that instead of having the, the corny guy gang come back 
and and give the new corny guys a chance to talk. Like I was like, oh, they're British. They could have been like, thanks for hiring me and me abs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you want me to strip now? I mean, like come every on. British listener we've ever had just burned their computer to the ground, just threw their phone into the ocean. They're like, burn her passport. She's not allowed back in this country. She did a horrible accent. But that's also like, if if you're going for like a place, and again, have not seen it, but as a writer, if I'm going for a place where I'm like, all right, the thing that made the second one so special is that it was almost all ass all the time. It was just full stripping. Stripping was the narrative thrust of the film. And if you're going to do that and take it to a place where you're like, all right, we're going to, this is the last time we're doing it. We're taking it to another level. If you're basing it on the stereotypical, like the stereotype of a geography, London is not the place to go. You want to go to fucking Brazil during Carnival. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Right? And, and I thought for sure, I, I'm sorry if this is a little bit, Danielle, do you mind if I, this is a little spoiler warning go for it it's magic mike okay (laughs) i thought for sure at the end of the third one it was like this isn't working the show's not working i gotta bring in my boys my florida boys my florida bros and that did not happen and in fact they are only the florida boys are only featured in one of the worst like filmed zoom call scenes i've (gasps) ever seen like didn't you feel like that was like, like their zooms were like actually going in and out and it was I don't know. I thought what? it was an insult to the second film just having that that scene in there. Oh, and you either have them in there or don't have them at all. Yes, sure, exactly. So yeah, and it. Ju- I, it I think having it in there made me sick. I was like, <laughs> I can't stand. I can't stand that they're not going to be, you know, in the in the real world. They're going to be on a Zoom call for ten minutes, not even. That's so, it, it could have even been like a pass the torch moment. Like have the guys yeah. come to London yes. and teach them the moves and teach them how to take the suits off. Yeah, I feel that, oh, that would have been so good. It, yeah, because it could have been like, you guys are so uptight, you know, British people, we got to teach you how to relax. Sound and like, yeah. this is uh, why I get paid yeah. the big bucks, guys, because I'll yes. sleep into a room and be like, here's what's up. This is the, well, this uh, is the fucking plot. Okay, so here's <laughs> what I will say to this exact point, okay? Because... From what I understand, the, these films are written by men, right? And and this is what I read in this Vanity Fair article with Channing Tatum, which I believe is on the internet. Go look it up. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quote. This is not a direct quote from Channing himself. Don't sue us. But he said that essentially he felt like him and the producers or whoever, the people involved in making the movie, <laughs> um were like, we didn't feel like we could get away with making a third movie that did not have a prominent female lead. Okay. Okay. Just from, you know, the the world and in the spirit of being inclusive. Now, I respect that. And I feel like maybe that's what happened with the second film is that's why Jada Pinkett Smith's in the movie is because there needed to be, you know... So a, a woman, energy. a female character, yes. Yeah. However, the third one is truly like using the Selma Hayek character as like a co-main character because she's like in the movie all the time. She talks about her interior life, about how she's married to this rich guy. She's not happy. The whole storyline for her is, is it love? Like, should she marry for money or love? And, you know, if she like gets with Magic Mike, she's broke, but 
in love, but if she stays Ugh. with her husband, and why why do women have to choose? Why 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 are women put in this position? All very very interesting, but I don't want that in Magic Mike, and I <laughs> hate to say that. Because, Save that shit for little women. <laughs> well, but it's like, I understand. It's like. In a weird way, it feels like it, they overcorrected. And it, is this, yeah. I don't know if this makes me a bad feminist, but I'm saying as a feminist, I don't actually need that from y'all. Like, to right. me, the corny stripper guys, in a way, are, are, are the feminized. Their characters are experiencing totally. a gaze, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So, that to me feels like satisfying as a as right. a as a female viewer. Okay. And the Jada character in the second one, I think because she wasn't overused and she did she wasn't prominent in the movie but she had a crucial part of the plot. Yeah. That's all I need. Is it like yeah. she's a woman who has something to do and is not just arm candy for Magic Mike. Yeah. Like that's all I need. You don't have yeah. to overcorrect to the point where you're like we're going to now make this about this movie is now half about this woman that nobody cares about and has never met. And doesn't make sense to the world. Well, and like they spent a lot of time kind of debating whether or not she was nuts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, great. Did you feel that? Like I mean, yes. Well, it's it's interesting because, yeah, like the second film is very much from the female gaze. And in that way, it feels more of a feminist film, even though they're objectifying they're they're objectifying men much yes. more in that movie. And it's all about like asses and muscly chests and stuff. And I thought that Selma Hayek the whole time was going to end up being somewhat of a sinister character because we've seen that kind of archetype in, like, An American in Paris where, like, the Gene Kelly character is kind of taken advantage of by this older, richer woman. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It just, it was not... I didn't get the sense that it was like, finally, they're telling... (laughs) <laughs> the woman's story in Magic Mike, you know? It wasn't that. Because it doesn't need it. Magic Mike yeah. is about the mics. Come on. Come on. And it's still, that's the thing. Like, the first two movies are still interesting to me from a feminist perspective because they're telling a gendered story. And mm-hmm. it's a gendered story that you're not used to seeing and talking about, like, the interior lives of these men who exist in that female gaze is yeah. interesting. And just totally. the idea that they have to navigate, you know, like sex work, essentially, where they have to navigate right. yeah. that world where they have to take care of their bodies and they have to be a fantasy to people, which is obviously like an interesting, that's an interesting gender reversal yeah. story, you know, to me. I'm like, okay, so so that is enough for me. And I actually wanted to see... You know, like, I'm curious about that world, which is why I want to be invested so badly into Magic Mike. But it felt like the third movie was trying too hard to kind of shoehorn in this, like, this huge kind of message about, you know, um, how women have, you know, basically they have no agency to choose the Mm -hmm. types of men that they want to date or whatever. And I was just kind of like, and then they fall in love, which I'm kind of like, why? That it was a very, no. very short period of time that they knew each other. It's basically like it yeah. goes from Selma Hayek is dickmatized in her own living room with no window coverings at all, by the way. It was definitely sexy living in midair, even though she lived <laughs> on the ground floor. 
<laughs> but, the, but then it was like, it was, went from that to like, we only have a month to put on the show or like some very short period of time for all of this story to happen. There's a daughter character in the film, which is also very strange to me because first of yeah. all, she kind of is like a narrator. She is the narrator. She is. She's no. kind of. Case like she is. <laughs> <laughs> like a, 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 a preteen or like high school age girl is the narrator for this strip third installment in a stripper a male stripper uh trilogy and when that movie started with her voiceover and you're in miami with channing tatum it is very jarring and confusing why there's like a 12 year old british girl speaking (laughs) as the narrator of magic mike like did he kidnap a child is that the plot of this movie (laughs) he's so down on his luck that he kidnapped a british child and he's gonna hold her for ransom what is this movie gonna be I know. And I was like, it's like, it sounds like it's going to be, you know, some like uh, uh, fairy tale type thing. But then she materializes in an act, as an actual character. And it's like, she is clearly black. <laughs> too. And, and it's like, and then, you know, the Selma Hayek character, they had to explain that away. Like, oh, she was adopted or something like that. Because it yeah. was like, obviously a, you know, a Latino oh woman and a white guy do not make a black girl we don't need any of this for magic for ma- kitchen Truly. sponge at the screen is what we need we don't need any of this well on the last episode danielle i believe you said you didn't want to see this movie because steve buscemi wasn't in it absolutely that correct okay absolutely and not enough people are talking about that i, I mean think, this but. is where my crush level is but i also think <laughs> this is where we need to be as a society is like why aren't we getting some old ass re- like if you're doing it in london get some fucking retired ass london strippers to be up there like shake it up a little bit give me something yes. new give me steve buscemi give me something new at bare minimum he could have been i mean honestly he should have been one of the dancers let's get serious but if not he could have been that sassy butler character because there was been a the fucking butler. sassy butler. No. Come on! This movie has suffers from a little bit of something I like to call too much movie, as you all know. <laughs> and I haven't even seen it, and I can tell from the description, it's too much movie. I Yeah, and I unfortunately love most, if not all, of the people involved. So I'm like, this is what yeah. is happening! Right. How come I don't like this movie? Uh, and, and I I'm saw sorry. it twice to, to make sure... <laughs> <laughs> but Casey liked it. So why did you yeah, end what up liking it? it? What is it? About? I I think that, you know, it hasn't aged well in my like I was even talking about this with my wife Trisha this morning. I was like, you know what? It really is the the third the worst one. And I yeah, I just there's not I think I knew going in that it was kind of the movie version of the stage show. So I was like, oh, that's kind right. of fun. And I wasn't expecting very much, but I mean, it's it's a light romp. It's fine, but yeah. it's no, it's not. It's hard to follow up a masterpiece, like yes. as you've said. You know, this is true. This yeah. is true. So it didn't even need to exist. Like they could have left us with Magic Mike XXL and the live show and called it quits. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, well, now we got to have more to make because we can't just end like this. We have to fix this. <laughs> it's like whatever the film equivalent is to like overplucking your eyebrows. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I'm just like, well, then now let's just fucking go to Paris and Japan. Oh, good. And do, you know, something where they're, you know, maybe it takes place on a boat. One of them takes place on a boat. 
or like a high rise that's crumbling, like making a full disaster film. I don't know. Like, because the corny guys, I want the, I wanted the corny yeah. guys so badly to be in it. I know. I'm I telling wanted... you, it's Magic Mike on the Moon. This is how I would have written this this next installment. It's Magic Mike on the Moon. They're stripping astronauts. One of the guys is diagnosed with a terminal illness. And the last scene is him stripping his astronaut suit off outside the spaceship. Oh, shit. While all the other guys are crying. And he's like, one last strip. And then he takes his helmet off and he's dead. <laughs> Dude, imagine if Pony, if the Pony dance yes. was done in zero gravity. Thank you. And they'd have to pump like as you know in oh, mid shit. space <laughs> fuck that's so good daniel what it could be like a solemn remix yes Thank it could be you. a solemn remix of pony a too so- you like know a remix pony with kate blanche with uh kate bush's this woman's work yeah <laughs> And just oh stripping. God. Mike is being diagnosed with a terminal illness, oh, no. and he's doing pony, and he takes the helmet off, uh, and the screen goes uh. black. <laughs> and that's why I don't get paid the big bucks because I would literally pitch that movie. <laughs> well, you're, you'd get my money in a heartbeat. I would see it I four mean, times. Good so, lord. <sighs> uh, well, this was a treat. I, we have to see. Let's plan on all seeing the same movie again at some point, either together or just at the same time. Because, Casey, I love having you on the show. Oh, thank you I for know. having me. This is very fun. Very and fun. if you thank don't you. already know, if we haven't repped it enough, Casey co-hosts a, an incredible film podcast called Fart House. And <laughs> you gotta listen. Give it a listen, Thank please. you. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate it. He, he doesn't well, thank know you both. this, but this I'm like... So fun. Th- yeah, he doesn't know this, but I'm like such a creepy fucking fan of Fart House. Like I'm, I'm not <laughs> oh, on the so Discord sweet. because I just don't know how the, it works. But if I if I knew how it works, I'd be like creeping while you sleeping. Like I, oh I need it. I need the Fart House. <laughs> I'm like every time you guys talk about like people in your real lives, I'm like, who are they? <laughs> they must be so cool to know Patrick and Casey. Oh, oh my god. Amazing, Ugh. amazing, amazing. Well, yes, please keep producing our podcast because we love it. I will. Yeah. But also Forever. come back anytime. Oh, well, thank you so much. This was great. Doors always open. You know where to find us. That was so nice. I love, I just love Casey. Me too. And you know how, you so know how I feel about men. He knows how I feel about men. I truly love Casey. He's the only one we like. The only one. Truly. Everyone else chumps out of the way. <laughs> well, and like, also, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I know how annoying it is yes. to talk about a movie wh- when you haven't seen it. <laughs> like, Never. Like, because, yeah. like, no, this makes perfect sense. I wanted to give you the space, but also, like I said, I've heard about the film. I've heard how disappointed people are in the film. And I kind of was curious to see from your perspective, as so people who both liked the second one in equal amount. I was very curious about your perspective on on this one. Yeah, well, I thank you for for holding that space for me. And honestly, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I hate being disappointed by movies. I want to love all I movies. I know. Could have been, again, Pony in Space. <laughs> I truly feel like this is like, because I also read in that Vanity Fair article that Channing Tatum was in the best shape of his life for this film. And it, it clearly shows because he is fucking shredded and just like <laughs> like all the guys all the guys on stage and like they're performing at such a high level athletically that they're able to like right. 
they're able to stand up from the lying down position. And I'm like, how the fuck can you do that? Like, honestly. How do you do that without rolling on your knees and like pausing and sighing and then kind of rolling up slowly? Well, and like, honestly, I kept thinking that about myself because I was watching these like fucking incredible people. Like the ballerina and there's a ballerina who's in the film. And I was like, what? I would fucking love to be as shredded as she was. Like, and... I was like going, okay, well, unfortunately, every time I get up from seating, not laying down, but from just the seated position, it's like, I'm like an old, like, 80s lawn chair that just goes click, 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 click. And it's like, there's all my bones. <laughs> Let's Voltron these bones into place so I can just stand up. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, God damn it, these magic mic bodies are so hot. I have to tell you, I was at the grocery store the other day and sometimes I go a little too hard and I don't get a cart because I'm like, I'm just running in for a couple of things. I, hear you. I should not do that. I know myself. There's always going to be an, even if it's just three things, get the get a small cart, but get a cart. I'm in this store without a cart and I was holding like three things. And one of the things was a carton of eggs. So I had the carton of eggs and two things balanced on top of it. And then I needed to get butter. And mm. I opened the door to the butter case, and the butter that I wanted was on the third shelf down. When I tell you, the groan I let out, just easing myself down to get my hand to that shelf, every single person around me stopped and looked. Every single person was like, homegirl having a stroke? What's going on here? She passing a clot? What is happening? I was like, ugh. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it. It just came out of my body because my body was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can do this. I gotcha. No, I did not have it. It was so embarrassing. So I'm not <laughs> standing up from a laying down position anytime soon. I swear. It was like they were just like laying flat on the ground and then they would just like jump up and they were standing. And I'm like, how did this no. happen? They're so muscular. Anyone- how does anyone come out of the pandemic in the best shape of their life? Like, fuck you, Channing Tatum, first well, and foremost. <laughs> I know. And, like, he goes on in the article, and he actually says this in the movie as well, where he doesn't fuck with vegetables. He doesn't eat vegetables. And I'm like, fuck this guy. He's able to be like that and not eat vegetables. And then he doesn't eat carbs either, because he mentions that. He's like, it bloats my face. And I'm like, I wish I knew that about myself. <laughs> I wish I knew anything about anything that bloats me up because I don't care to even find out. Yeah. And so I'm going, what is he just eating fucking ribeyes all day? Like, what's his... He's like just smashing raw eggs and eating a fucking steak. Like, what is he doing over there? God, dude. I know. And he's like my age, I think. Or maybe like slightly younger than me. And I'm like, fuck, he's in his 40s and he can look like that. Incredible. High five. I'll be over here icing my fucking neck because I had to pick up some butter. Yeah, I'm going to be fucking like rolling in a circle on the floor because I can't actually get up. (laughs) You know that cartoon move where they're like just moving their legs and going in a circle? Yes, that's me. I'm like... (laughs) You know know what I propose, actually? Since we don't have a ton of time left, I feel like we should read Annalisa's FMK. I feel like we would get... I think we should. We have a couple of good ones that I think we can bust through pretty quickly. And okay. since one of them is from Annalise, we got to get to it. Because yeah. they, they are a, a former, uh, I saw what you did, engineer. Yes. 
Uh, and they're forced to listen to us because uh, they QC. <laughs> they do QC. Yeah. So they literally have to listen to all of our episodes. And, uh, <laughs> and still find the time to want to send in a question. Okay, so let's do this then. We'll read Daisy's email first, and then we'll finish up with Annalise's. The subject of this email is FMK, a variety of villains. Dearest queens, congratulations on your 100th episode. Thank you for your voices, your laughter, and your perspectives as movie lovers and scholars. I continue to be obsessed with both of you from a healthy internet distance and look forward to seeing you someday should you take the show on the road. Love you both so much, Daisy. And now, FMK, villains and douchebags. Now, thank you, Daisy. I'm also going to be calling this FMK round self-loathing to the max. Because my my choices, (laughs) my choices make me hate myself. (laughs) But sometimes that's what you got to do to get through the round. So round one of Mm. villains and douchebags. Superman's nemeses. Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Terrence Stamp as General Zod. Robert Vaughn as Ross Webster. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, okay, you want me to go first? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, honestly, <laughs> I, I I have to, I just need to take it, because I was like, what angle are we going for here? I think I'm just going to go with, like, gut instinct, and honestly, it's yeah. about the actual guys, I feel like. That's solid. <laughs> Maybe. Um, because I would definitely for I would definitely fuck Terrence Stamp. Like old school Terrence Stamp. Right. But maybe new school too. A little, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> the Limey? Yeah. I fuck him the, the Limey. Exactly. He was kind of tough. Priscilla Queen of the Desert, perhaps. Yeah. Like, I'm into it. Like, I, I'm just saying, I think that Terrence Stamp has always been, like, a weird crush of mine. So I feel like that's an F. Um, I would definitely marry Robert Vaughn. Um, not beca- not only because he was on The Man from UNCLE and in The Magnificent Seven, but also he has, <laughs> what is that, like, uh, Gary Martin Hayes and Associates shit that he, he has a structured settlement. He, mu- he must have had a structured <laughs> settlement. I don't know. Very important. You know, oh, he was making money till the end. He was really <laughs> pumping out those uh, those uh, Gary Martin Hayes ads. And then, I hate to do this, I oh, begrudgingly God. kill Gene Hackman. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know, but I but I have mm. to because it's just it's just the way it shook loose this time. Sometimes it happens, and you don't again self loathing. You don't want to do it, <laughs> but sometimes you got to kill Gene Hackman. <laughs> And you don't want to do it. Well, what about you? Now I'm curious. Well, I am also fucking Terrence Stamp. Yes. The, gl- the glitter jumpsuit, done. <laughs> Truly. The fucking ice cold breath, I'm there. Like, we would <laughs> have so much fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. It would be one for the ages. So 100% fuck Terrence Stamp as General Zod. Also, you're fucking someone called General Zod. <laughs> Stud. Like, what do you call him? G? Zod? <laughs> Endless. Endless possibilities. Um, I am actually going to marry Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, because, not just because I love Gene Hackman, but Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor in that movie, in those movies, fucking hilarious. 
And he's got a really terrible business sense. Mm. So I feel like I could just go in there and, you know, whip him into shape and get that villain business in tip-top shape. And I'm killing Robert Vaughn as Ross Webster. um, Because one, that's how it's shaken out. But also he's a little too grandpa age for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's I know from my discussions on this podcast it seems like I have no boundaries whatsoever when it comes to this shit but <laughs> I don't want to fuck someone who's like actually my grandpa's age so <laughs> <laughs> You got to go. You got to go. Peace. Now, that was great, but are you ready for round 2, oh, which is I'm, truly oof. loathsome? I'm re- right. I'm rearranging it again as like as you say it. It's like <laughs> I'm like I've got like Three three solo cups, and I'm, like, moving them around because there's... I got to get this right. You're playing three-card Monty with the FMK. <laughs> well, right, well, here's your chance, because I'm okay. reading it, and you're going to answer. Round two is High School Bullies of Villains and Douchebags, FMK, James Spader as Steph McKee in Pretty in Pink, Craig Sheffer as Hardy Jens in Some Kind of Wonderful, and Billy Zabka as Greg Talon in Just One of the Guys. Dude, this is fucking hard. <laughs> this is the... This is Daisy the, did it. Yes. <laughs> this is, like, so dark for me because this is pulling... Like, you can't go for, like, classic high school bullies and not hate yourself for even yeah. thinking at, at all about an F or, a, or an M for any of these yeah. people. Okay, okay, okay. This is All a right. great round, Daisy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, fine. This is going to be it. For okay. the ages. I'm fucking Steph from Pretty in Pink. I, and not because I even think he'd be good in bed. But I just <laughs> like this, like, maybe there's a like, again, it's like Spader. That Spader energy of, 80s you Spader know. is unfucking stoppable You don't have to explain yeah. it. But he's such a fucking cock in Pretty Truly. Pink. Like, I'm just like, I do not want to hang out with him at all. He's, like, the mm-hmm. worst. He doesn't even like music. Like, ugh. But, like... No, he's a fucking run. Yeah. It's like a revenge. A revenge fuck, for sure. Okay? Ugh. That's nasty. That's nasty going down. I got... I, I have to say. Now, this one I really had to think about. Okay. I will marry... Greg Talon and just one of the guys. What? I know. I never thought I'd marry a blonde. I'll throw that out there. Never thought I'd end up with a blonde, but that's what happened. Billy Zabka. Um, and just like in Billy Zabka played a lot of fucking villains in his yeah. day. Um, I don't know why I will marry him. I just think it's, it's because, because you want to kill Craig. Uh, <laughs> I want to kill Hardy Jen's. So bad. His face, his fucking face. Ooh, like, <laughs> like, like, okay, some kind of wonderful for me was more important than Pretty in Pink because it was, yeah. you know, attempting to, uh, you know, right some wrongs, I guess, is, is, is why. I don't know if that movie got made because everybody hated the ending of Pretty in Pink, but, like, I also just love the gender reversal shit in that movie, too. But anyway, Hardy Jen sucks, he made my girl feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like, I, but I, I have to kill him. I have to kill him and I don't want to marry him, obviously. So. <sighs> Look, that is a solid round of answers. Okay. And 
not only do you hate yourself in answering, now you get a chance to hate me because oh. I'm fucking Hardy Jen. No! Listen! No! Do not validate him at all! This is some kiss of the spider woman shit. Some fucking, like, <laughs> like you fuck him, then you eat his head. Like, real, like, natural, like, get into the nature of it. Like, the natural world. You fuck him, and then you hurt him. God, should I be admitting that? That's so mean. <laughs> Told you this is dark. This is the darkest round we've ever done. <laughs> I would fuck Craig Sheffer as Hardy Jens and then find a way to push him down a well. <laughs> Either in the act or right after. But yeah, um, I'm it would doing be like that. A, a murder of passion. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's how I would explain it. But I hate fucked him the whole time. Yes. <laughs> and then killed, hated him so much that I killed him. Mm. Okay. Um, dark. Dark. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because I'm also going to marry James Spader as Steph McKean. <laughs> pretty you fake! I hate myself! How dare you? I hate myself for <laughs> saying that sentence. Listen, he's going to be a terrible husband. He's going to be a terrible fuck. It's going to be a miserable marriage. But my thinking is, it's the 80s. So I'm going to get out of it with at least, like, a solid spandex collection and a car. Like, okay. I'll get something out of that marriage that is not love or passion or physical satisfaction. I see. You've time-traveled as well. I have t- <laughs> Now the time travel's on the book! <laughs> I'm time-traveling. It's the 80s. <laughs> I'll get something out of Steph. <laughs> Plus, you get to see him become... Move away from, like, the white jacket smirky guy to, like, the bald, miserable guy. Like, I want to be part of that process of making him lose his hair and become miserable. Oh, yeah. You do not want to know or be married to a guy that was hot and cool in the 80s. No. Because it would have been bad. Horror show. If I'm part of making him miserable, I will marry him. (laughs) Which is a new wrinkle. Because usually I marry them if they're never going to be around. If they're going to be around, I'm going to make their life a living hell. Yeah. You can't be a passive participant in this marriage. You're going to have to no. fucking engage. Yeah. Pick a side. I hear you. And then I'm killing Billy Zapka as Greg Talon and just one of the guys. Not just because of the role, but because he was so good at playing a fucking villain in the 80s that I will never not see him as that dude. Yeah. And I cannot touch him. Yeah. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself mentally to overcome. And I haven't seen Cobra Kai. Don't even start. Yeah. I know he's not that guy in real life. I get it. But because he he's an indelible villain in my mind, yeah. because he was so good at it in the 80s, that I, I'm killing him. Yeah. Look, I this is... Uh, Daisy, you just managed to ruin both of our nights. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Night or life? Night or life? Night and life. <laughs> be thinking about this for a long time as i'm sure a lot of our listeners or i know we're going to be hearing about this forever oh yeah this is like we're getting you know now people are like i'm just gonna leave a review as disagreeing with the both of you (laughs) and hating what you've said i'm just gonna leave it as a review (laughs) like okay fine (laughs) fmk nope (laughs) <laughs> nope. <laughs> Billy Zabka marrying Billy Zabka or killing Billy Zabka. Nope. One star. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thankfully, we have another FMK to follow that up that might make us feel a little bit better about ourselves, but I'm not making any promises. All right. Yeah. Um, You want me to read this one? Oh, yeah. An FMK from a former ISWID engineer. Hi, friends. It feels so strange to be writing in this way as I have the distinct pleasure of seeing your lovely names pop up in my inbox and hearing your lovely voices every week. But since the inception of this FMK trend, I figured it was time I finally jump on the bandwagon. Last year, I made the decision to live alone for the first time in years, and it's been heaven. (laughs) One of the truly wonderful parts of soul living is the ability to watch whatever I damn well please. No kidding. Uh, And in the past couple months, for some reason, I've been on a huge Jane Fonda kick, sometimes watching several of her films every week, something that would have been nearly impossible for any reasonable roommate to approve. Recently, while pondering this interesting trend of films I've been delving into, it hit me. I knew what FMK would finally send in. And so I present to you... FMK Jane Fonda edition. I'm excited to hear your choices. And as always, it's a pleasure getting to listen to you and work alongside you every week. Your friend, Annalise. Ah, thank you so much, Annalise, for writing in and saying such nice things. I'm so glad you're living alone and you get to really sit with your thoughts. Your thoughts being what kind of FMK am I going to send in to Millie and Danielle? Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. Well, and this is technically the second Exactly Right employee that has weighed in on the FMK. Because remember, the very first, the inception of FMK came from uh, one of the marketing gals at Exactly Right. So this is perfect. Yes, Erin kicked all of this off by something (laughs) she overheard while she was at a theme park with her kids. And I love it. Well, okay, so let me... I I purposely decided to not reveal the round because we're about to do it, right? So... Yes. Um... FMK Jane Fawn edition is this. Corey from Barefoot in the Park, Gloria from They Shoot Horses, Don't They, and Judy from 9 to 5. <laughs> this is... <laughs> you know how I said this is a round that might make us feel better about ourselves? Yes. Taking that immediately back. <laughs> immediately back. But I have reasons for all my choices. Okay. I am going to fuck... Judy from 9 to 5. And here's why. Ooh. (laughs) Not physically my most attractive Jane Fonda character, but Judy's on a real fucking journey, and she's becoming more and more adventurous as time goes on. So I feel like fucking Judy would be a ride. Yeah, I mean, she's divorced, so maybe she uh, could use a little roll in the hay. She's divorced. She's smoking pot for the first time. Like, she's truly out there. And I feel like within weeks of meeting, I could get her in, like, a fucking goth club or something. (laughs) So. (laughs) She's like, Like, oh, take down all of this restraint equipment that we used on Dabney Coleman. I have to wear it now. I got to wear, like, a harness across the chest. And we're going to need this so that Danielle can drag me around the club. With a ball gag in my mouth. Those are her nine to five outfits now, is all that restraint equipment. (laughs) She's like, look, we already painted the office and made part-time work possible. Why not this? Why not Judy in a harness? (laughs) So I'm fucking Judy. I'm going to marry 
Corey in Barefoot in the Park, even though she's kind of the more boring one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a safer choice because Gloria and they shoot horses, don't they, has got to go. I am yeah. killing her. She's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. D- definitely hear you on that. Definitely. So hear those you are my that. choices. Ah, oh, very good selections. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I will fuck Corey from Barefoot in the Park because I'm going to have to do the thing I did with the Vampira and James Dean thing, <laughs> which is that I might have to get Robert Redford in on it. Why do you always... <laughs> These rules that you introduced... We're in the same... Like, maybe we live in the same apartment in New York. These maybe rules... he's hanging out. These rules that you introduced are wild <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, well, fuck Corey, because we can add other people in. Well, it's like, that's the thing, is that I'm like, I guess if if they're in the movie, would they be available for a threesome? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> ah! Is that allowed? <sighs> we time travel? We also pull in other characters? <laughs> I love this wrinkle of like, it's, it has to be that they're in the movie as well. <laughs> I'm into it. Look, let me not stop you. I am just trying to keep track of all the new rules that are being introduced. Who knew I was Polly in the in the FMK? I world? know. I, I had no idea about about myself, but apparently that's what's <laughs> happened. So anyway, I I'm I'm effing Corey for sure. Oh good. I think it's fairly obvious I would marry Judy from nine to five. Um, Definitely, I would be her second marriage. I know, but you know. Like, we all deserve second chances. I feel like I could make her happy, you know? You would you would be sharing, you could share, um, looks like a pump, feels like a sneaker. Yes, yes. Like, you can share sneakers, you could share clothes. She could make you feel good about being in a cardigan. I could help her tease out that, like, soft serve, white lady, puff hair, hairstyle that she has. <laughs> You can get her in some different glasses, some wire frames. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah, I could she'd be like halfway eaten by that giant copy machine and then we just laugh about it. We could just like she'd come home and just be like, put a couple of steaks on it, and you gotta hear the story about how I was almost killed by a giant copy machine on my first day of work. She's like, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make us uh, the Channing Tatum for dinner tonight. We're just gonna have <laughs> just steaks. <laughs> from the Channing Tatum cookbook. <laughs> it's just two steaks. <laughs> on a well bare done. white plate. <laughs> well done on a bare white plate. <laughs> Bone in. Bone you in. Pick it up like fucking Fred Flintstone. And then you just talk about the copy machine. I love this marriage. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. I We would be very happy together. Um, and then I'm killing Gloria because that movie is so depressing. Yeah, I just can't. I can't. Like, even though, weirdly enough, I mean, her look in that movie is great. Like, she's got yeah. good stuff. But I just, that, ugh, that movie, just it's too... It's too, too much. Too much, too depressing, and I don't know. I mean, looks like that's how it shook loose this time. But I honestly, I this it. is amazing, Annalise. Thank you so much. Truly, a, a, like a thinker. I really had to think about that one. Usually I just come in gut instinct, but I really had to think about that one. And I love it. And I'm so glad that you're living alone. And this is the kind of stuff you're doing with your free time. 
Absolutely. You should Welcome. stop having to to QCR podcast and just go out there and live your life. <laughs> Be like, why am I listening to this movie podcast when I'm trying to watch these movies? How about that? <laughs> well, as always, um, if you want to email us for the bonus episodes, like I said, we do FMKs. We also just like read letters that are cool and interesting. Um, so if you want to do that, we're at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on our social media at Isawpod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, as always, we have merch. If you go to the I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right shop, you will find it there. And look, you're listening to the bonus episode right now on the main feed because they are free to you now to listen to every third Thursday of the month. And then don't forget that we are slowly rolling out old episodes on Wednesdays every couple of weeks. Yes, and like... Suddenly now, the social media post that goes up about the bonus, the new bonuses are lit. Yeah. The last Because everyone's lit. listening. <laughs> everyone's listening. I love it. I think it was a good idea. And I'm glad that you're all joining us. Yes. And um, I've, I've already, at, at per us- as per usual, I've already forgotten... I've forgotten exactly what I said in this podcast, but I know that I have a bad feeling about something I said in this podcast during that first FMK. So I can't wait to listen back and figure out what that was. General Zod's just zapped your brain and you don't know zapped anything. It. Just Cold Stone freezed it. <laughs> well, this is so much fun. I love these So episodes. much fun. Danielle, is always a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. Thank you, Casey, for joining us. Thank you, Casey. Bye. See you next week. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.